Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. Right. Welcome, welcome. Hey, everybody. I'm Eric Murphy, and uh, thank you so much for making it to the channel. I've got a really, really awesome surprise for today. Uh, I'm bringing in a Christian apologist. His name's Eli Ayala. I'm, I'm going to introduce him right now. Eli, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. I'm really glad you can make it, man. Um, so before we kind of dive into things, who are you? I, I, want, I want to learn about you. Um, okay. My name is Elias Ayala. That's my full name. My friends call me Eli. Um, I am 37 years old. I'm married. I have three kids and I am a middle school and high school teacher at a Christian private school. And I'm a youth director at my church and I do some writing and apologetics, you know, on the side. Uh, My, my interests are philosophy, um, epistemology more specifically. And, um, I love to uh, have good conversations about, you know, the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. And I uh, got a YouTube channel, Revealed Apologetics, and a podcast on iTunes, uh, Revealed Apologetics. Folks can go there if they're interested in anything I have to say. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. All right. Well, uh, speaking of your YouTube channel, I popped the link down in the comments for anybody who wants to check out cool. this channel. Um, so you, 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 you threw out a couple things there. Um you said you're really into apologetics and philosophy. Sure. Um, how long have you been doing this for? Oh, man. Um, how long have I been doing this for? Probably since to, intentionally doing apologetics, probably since uh, I want to say 2002-ish around there. Um, but I grew up I grew up in a Christian home and I and I always enjoyed like theology and, and kind of going back and forth with with some ideas and things like that. So I guess I can trace it back to like when I was in high school, but I didn't really take it seriously um, until I was probably in my early years of college. Okay. Yeah. Well, rock on, man. Um, so I'm taking a look in the comments and I'm seeing if we can, uh, let's see, we have people saying that they're having audio issues. Um, looks like it's doing all right. Okay. I, I didn't want to uh, have a, a muted Okay. Uh, stream. <laughs> um, I could hear you fine. You sound better than before. Nice. Yeah. I like that. All right. I increased both of our volumes just in case that was the case. Okay. Um, but I uh, want to kind of let people know how I found you. Um, there's a gentleman named Braxton that I reached out to who suggested you and okay. said that you would be a good guy to talk to. Um, what what <laughs> what really got me was um, he said that you were a presuppositional apologist, okay. and I'm I'm assuming you haven't seen my show. I've uh, I've listened very briefly. I mean, we just okay. we just you know for people background information, we just spoke for the first time. I think like a day or two, right? Right. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there is a caller who's called in a handful of times. Okay. Um, who has 
has pushed presuppositional apologetics. And by pushing presuppositional apologetics, I mean talking over until you stop talking. And um, okay. it was rough, man. It was really rough. This guy wasn't representing very well. And so I don't feel like I've gotten a very clear idea of what tag is. And, um, okay. you know, one of the things that I try to exemplify in the other show that I do is charitable listening. Um, you should give the other person the benefit of the doubt and let them live up to those expectations. Let them be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you about tag if you're up for it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So what is tag? Uh, tag is, is short for transcendental argument. So that's a mouthful for people who aren't familiar with like that kind of, uh, argumentation. Um, and, um, it's not unique, uh, to Christians. I mean, you could find transcendental arguments in, in people like Immanuel Kant and, and even Aristotle when he argued for the laws of logic and transcendental arguments basically ask the question, what are the preconditions for intelligible experience? What are the preconditions for knowledge? What must be true in order for intelligibility to be the case, knowledge acquisition to be the case, and knowledge itself? Um, so it's actually it's actually arguing in terms of ultimate foundations. And so um, okay. what I enjoy about it is, yeah, go ahead. Do you have a question? What is an ultimate foundation, and why do we need it? Well, if you don't have an ultimate foundation, for example, for your your reasoning, then then we're going to be um, being arbitrary. In a lot of the things that we say, you know, for example, if I say, if I assert, you know, something I believe to be true, and you ask me to justify why do I think that's true, um, and I don't have a stopping point, I run into an infinite regress of justifications, never justifying the the initial assertion that I make, and so um, foundations kind of are those um, stopping points that ground everything else that we that we believe. Now, okay. everyone has a stopping point, regard, and I would argue. If someone says, "Well, I don't have a, st- a st- you know, an, an ultimate foundation," I would argue that everyone does, um, whether they recognize it or not. So, I, I, I've done this game for myself. Sure. And I've gotten down to the laws of logic. Okay. And then we get to the problem of induction. Um, right. Before I dive into it, okay. I kind of want to explain it a little bit that way people can follow along with us. Sure. Um, so the laws of logic. There are three of them. There's identity, non-contradiction, and the excluded middle. Um, so a thing is what it is, isn't what it isn't, and can't be what it is and what it isn't at the same time. Right. Um, those three things, you're, you're stuck with them. And the interesting thing is, is we build logic upon it. And so in order to justify it, you would need to use it to justify itself. Right. Which is circular. Um, and right. that circularity means that you can't, rely on it and well you can't uh you can't perfectly justify it um you can rely on it but you can't justify it without um well being circular yeah i I, well here's here's the thing i think you can justify it you just don't justify it in the same way you justify other things so for example if i were to um have a presupposition that I accept on its own basis. You have people, for example, I don't want to mix kind of the terminology, but you have people who have what you call axioms, 
Okay, there are these stopping points in our in our reasoning and axioms are typically understood as something that cannot be justified by anything else, because if you try to justify an axiom, then you have to appeal to something external to that axiom to justify the axiom, in which case the axiom that you previously asserted is not your axiom. The other thing that you've appealed to becomes your axiom. So axioms are kind of these uh, these intellectual foundations that we just accept on their own authority. Now, a lot of people think. Well, because that's the nature of an axiom, there's really no way to demonstrate um, that your axiom is true. People adopt axioms and try to build the rest of their worldview from those axioms. Now, I would say that I don't want to use the word axiom. I guess the way I understand it from within like an apologetics mentality, I, I, I take my foundation as what I like to call an ultimate presupposition. And the way I differentiate between an ultimate presupposition and an axiom within my apologetic tradition is that unlike an axiom that can't be justified, I believe that an ultimate presupposition can be justified just not by appealing to something external to itself, rather by appealing to its own transcendental necessity, sort of like the laws of logic. I don't. Well, you don't have to agree. You, if you disagree, I know, what you're I, saying. I, I, I not only disagree, though. I, I think that it's unnecessary and needs to be justified in order to be claimed. No, if you're saying you don't agree, then what you're denying is the very possibility of transcendental arguments, because that's how transcendental arguments proceed. You ju you justify them by appealing to their own transcendental necessity. If you say, well, I don't agree with that, then you're just denying all forms of transcendental argumentation. Okay, so. Let me – that's interesting. I want, to, I want to dive into that a little bit. Okay. So you're saying that for me to say that it's unjustified to claim a presupposition, I'm throwing out all transcendental arguments. I'm saying if you say that a presupposition cannot be justified by appealing to its own necessity – if you're saying that can't be done, what you're doing is you're, in essence, denying transcendental arguments because that is what a transcendental argument does. You justify the claim by appealing to its necessity since you can't appeal to something external to it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be your, your ultimate foundation. So it is circular in a sense, but I would argue that not all, cir not all circles are, are fallacious. Uh, for example, transcendental ones aren't, namely that – for example, if I were to demonstrate the truth of the truths of logic, they would be demonstrated by their necessity. Deny them, and you must affirm them. They're true by the impossibility of the contrary. <laughs> so, um, I I understand a few parts of this. Um, okay. But I, 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 let's let's maybe put this into an example. That way we can work sure. with it. Um, I think that you can use that kind of reasoning when you talk about some when you talk about something that is definitionally true. Right. So if we were to use a deductive argument and that deductive argument specifically went through with definitions. So if I said that all bachelors are not married. OK. Right. Um, that is by definition true. Sure. And in and of itself is justified by its own definition. Um, I, yeah. But if we're dealing with something more foundational than bachelors and words, we're, we're really dealing with logic itself. So well, I, I think – go ahead. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No. I, I, well, I, I didn't want to dive in, please, because my question is going to be, please continue. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you mean? I, I, so you're saying I, that 
the example was too trivial. I, I, I'm just trying to get. I'm saying that it's not found. It's not foundational enough. I and mean, we use examples. When we're talking about ultimate foundations. We're talking about like really the bare, the bare bottom, so to speak. When we're talking about transcendentals, we're talking about the truth of something by its own necessity. In other words, to deny it, you must affirm it. You have, you have to affirm it. So, so. Um, we can't say, well, logic is a starting point, and since I can't appeal to something external to itself, then it's impossible to prove that logic is, you know, is something that's valid. Well, you can prove it by the impossibility of the contrary. Deny it, and you have to affirm it. Affirm it, and you affirm it. And that is to show its own necessity. So, Un unless, I'm sorry, uh, let me just finish. Unless we want to say that logic is not universally binding, right? So then it wouldn't be like a, a like a, a logical truth wouldn't be necessarily true. If someone wanted to go that route, which I'm sure you know, there are people who who believe that logic, you know, the laws of logic aren't universally binding. Well, um, so I've definitely argued with people who have said that, and they've been very convincing. <laughs> but I do want to take. The, um, Wait a second, time out, time out, time out. What's up? Are you saying it's convincing that the laws of logic are not universally binding? Uh, no, I've been convinced that you you need the laws of logic without even a universe. Um, the laws of logic just are universally binding. I, I mean, just period. Yeah, they just are. Okay. Now that said, um, sorry. Um, it's okay. So, if we agree that the laws of logic just are, um, why are we making an assertion if we? are at an impasse. It, it seems like what we've got is we have a thing that's working. This is a tool that we use. Okay. Um, wouldn't it be intellectually honest to say, I will use this tool so long as it works. And if it stops working, I'll stop using it. But to make a general statement when you can't justify it and, and, and use always and never statements, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it just blanket statements like that. How, how are you justified in doing so? Well, you can justify logic by its appeal, appealing to its transcendental necessity. So if you were to say, I believe in logic, then I, 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 I guess my question would be, well, on that position where logic just is, um, what is that metaphysically? Does your worldview, can your worldview ground something like logic and however you understand? Well, that, that's good. So, so um, I, to be, I'm sorry? Because I can use it. Well, that that doesn't justify it. If it's if it's necessary if it's necessarily true, whether you can justify it or not, you still have to use it. So there are people who use logic but don't have a broader worldview context in which that makes sense. For example, um, I would argue I don't know your own position, your own metaphysic, but if you are a metaphysical naturalist that all that exists is matter and motion, um, I don't think that broader metaphysical context can couch something like immaterial uh, laws of logic. So you can use it, and in many cases you, you can use it very well, but I don't think that when we talk about the nature of logic that that fits in a worldview in which all that exists is matter and motion. I, I, so do you think that now, – now this is a bit of a, an aside, and on my show I would say we can't go down this path. <laughs> okay. This is, but this is, this is my channel. This yeah, is, you can do whatever you want. That's true. We are going down this path. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so first off – all that it is is matter in motion um, blows my mind uh, because I, I feel like it trivializes the universe. Uh, okay. <laughs> but that said, who, who cares what I feel about it? Uh, <laughs> okay. Think about it. Um, 
do you think that concepts and ideas and tools that we use mentally don't exist in the natural world? Say that again. So let me give you an example. Numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I, I can tell you about the number one. But if you put a gun to my head and said, Eric, take me to the number one, I would be in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and similarly, um, I don't know if you've ever read The Lord of the Rings. I'm um, a big fan. You are? Okay, yes. Okay, cool. I'm a, dude, I'm a nerd, bro. I like I like video games. Um, I like movies. We, we might not get along on, 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 on tag, but okay. we'll get along on other things. Um, <laughs> so let's 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 talk about the Shire. If you were to walk up to me and say, Eric, please take me to the Shire. I could say I can't because it doesn't exist, but I can draw you a map. Now, why is that? Well, I'm not sure where you're going. So if that's, if that's a rhetorical question, I'm not, I'm not, uh, if it's a rhetorical question, then I'll let you continue. If it's a question to me, I'm not sure where you're going with this. So, sure. Um, so we're talking about tools that we use, things that we're creating. We're talking about mental tools, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about numbers. We're talking about um, ideas that only exist in our imaginations, right? Um, like the Shire is not an actual place, but it is written in fiction. Sure. Right. So we can we can agree that in this fiction we can make determinations, we can talk about the Shire in a way that both of us can agree on, or you can say, Eric, no, that is absolutely not true. You know, and, and we can we can go about talking about it even though it doesn't exist. Um, okay. Are you saying that in the naturalistic worldview that's not possible? I, I, I'm, I'm, I would I'm much rather, it would be easier for me to answer your question if you asked it the way you were originally going to ask it before you started talking about the Shire. Because once you started asking the question, I, I kind of figured, oh, okay, I, I think I know what you're saying. But then you went into the analogy and I kind of kind of got lost. I lost you? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's okay. Uh, let's rewind it then. Okay. Let's, let's talk about numbers. I think you were saying, are you saying, Eli, that in a world where there's matter in motion that we can't have concepts and ideas? I think that's what you asked. Yeah. Well, if you are reducing concept of uh, and ideas to matter in motion, then I think that there that would be problematic on, on a number of levels. Um, I do not equate concepts and ideas with activity in the brain because I'm really? I, because I'm not uh, well I, well I'm not a materialist in that sense. I believe that man has an immaterial aspect to his soul. I think concepts are are um, are immaterial, and so if something's immaterial, you can't have something that's immaterial in a worldview where everything is matter. But you 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 agree that matter exists. Well, of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can we can start there, right? Okay. Um, so if I were to lobotomize you, yeah, could you still use those concepts? If you mean if you were to cut me open and then like I'm dead? No, no. If I were to damage your brain such that you're still alive but unable to think. Well, you would damage the instrument through which my soul would would function. See, again, I'm operating with the whole entire system. So, for example, when we talk about um, worldview apologetics, if I can just back up for a little bit, yeah. the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is a difference of system versus system. So anything I might say about the nature of man is going to be connected to my broader metaphysic in which 
I believe that there is an immaterial aspect and an immaterial aspect. So um, I believe that man, uh, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you talk about the creation of man and he breathed man into man the breath of life. I believe man is a body-soul composite. And so the body is the vehicle through which the soul functions. If you damage the body, then yeah, you're going to damage the instrument through which my my consciousness or my soul, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, uh, functions. You know, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard the example of the pianist. I have to make sure I say that very, very clearly. <laughs> the pianist, right? If, I don't think my crowd is going to have Yeah, right, right. well, I mean, you know, you never know. <laughs> this is um, on your channel too, so <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So, so it's, it's typically in, in these kinds of examples, uh, you know, the consciousness of man, the, the soul of man is the pianist and the piano is his body, okay? And so the, the pianist can produce beautiful sounds by, you know, playing the keys. Um, but there's a distinction between the instrument and the pianist. If you damage the instrument, that doesn't destroy the pianist, but it does damage the instrument through which he uses to produce the music. And so you could damage my, uh, you know, my brain, and I, I wouldn't be able to operate in any meaningful way within time and space. But I don't think that I'm purely my body. So th there's there's definitely a disconnect. There's a connection there, um, but. I don't I don't have that reductionistic view of the nature of man, namely, well, it's just purely all all matter in motion. I, I, I don't think it's reductionist. I think it's what it is. Um, right. So to, to say that, it would be similar to me saying, OK, all you believe is that a God. Ta -da. Um, well, I don't mean it in a pejorative. I don't mean it in a pejorative I, sense. I, I, I don't I don't either. But, I, but it, 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 it's kind of revealing in how you view um, that materialism. You know, and, and, and the fact that mm -hmm. we are material beings. Um, so then let's let, let, let's do a thought experiment, right? Okay. Um, so you know that brain damage doesn't just prevent or inhibit action. It changes action. And there have been documented cases where people have survived a traumatic brain injury mm -hmm. and then have changed their personality entirely, um, sometimes for, towards very, very violent ends. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, let's see, I believe I read about a case that there was a, a swelling uh, in the brain that actually caused very, very different behaviors. Um, it caused a, a gentleman to be behave as like a pedophile actually, okay. uh, in that case. Um, and then after getting treated, though, that entirely changed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so was the pianist always a pedophile where they was the soul caused what happened? Yeah, uh, that, those, those are good questions. And I told you at the beginning, if I don't know the answer to something, I'll let you know. I don't know the intricacies of the connection. I mean, I'm not I'm not a philosopher of mind and I'm not a, a you know, a neuroscientist or anything like that. Um, what I'm saying when we go back up to the nature of tag, because now we're shifting into immateriality, the mind and things like that. Um, the basic gist of tag is worldview system. Which worldview system can provide a foundation for even what we're talking about now? I mean, we can talk about the specifics, but that ultimately is not where we disagree necessarily. I mean, we're going to have disagreements there, but it's because our foundations are in conflict with one another. So say, for example, think, what if I said that I think we have the same foundation? We don't, because my foundation includes a metaphysic in which what the Bible says about the world is true. You don't have that foundation. Do we both agree that the laws of logic are a starting point? 
they're not my starting point metaphysically. My, my, in other words, I don't think that logic is something that like hangs out in the middle of nowhere. I believe logic only makes sense within a context, within so, a metaphysical context in which something like logic could make sense. So, so do you think God could break the laws of logic? No, because within the Christian perspective, logic is a reflection of his thinking. So it's not something that he like as Christians, we don't believe that God invented logic because we don't believe that God invented his thinking. It's just it's an aspect of who he is. He God is the metaphysical context in which something like logic actually fits. If you just hang logic out there kind of like a platonic uh, if you're familiar with Platonism, you got the forms and the particulars. If you have logic kind of existing out there as a platonic reality, I don't, I don't think that that is even a coherent concept. Why not? We both agree that uh, logic is what we use. Um, the only thing that's different is that you're taking an extra step and then saying, because that's how I describe mm -hmm. God. It, yeah. it, it's almost as if you're defining that God into existence. I'm not taking an extra step because remember, the disagreement between you and I is not a particular, hey, we disagree over logic here and this over here and the nature of the mind over here. It's the system. I have an entire system that gives context to the individual pieces. So what I believe about logic is related to what I believe about the broader metaphysical context with which I bring to, to the table. So you have your own metaphysical context in which you, you, ha you, know, you use logic. I know we both use it. We use it by necessity. Um, but, but I think the, the issue here is which worldview has the metaphysical context in which something like logic makes sense. If your worldview is one of matter and motion, my question is, how, how would you define for me what logic is and how does it fit within your broader context? And so we can see if that if that even makes sense, which I'm Absolutely. sure you might you might think it does and you might think it, it, it does make sense, but I don't know your position, so that's why I would ask that question. Yeah, um, so I think the best way to do that is to couch it in um, a little bit of an explanation. Okay. Um, so I was born and raised a born again Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, went to Calvary Chapel. Um, I lived that life. And when I left the church, one of the things, and I, I'm, I'm only going to talk about morality because I'm using it to point back. I promise sure. I'm not going to take us down to different okay. <laughs> Is my understanding of morality changed because I thought that morality was something that was handed down to me by God. Mm -hmm. And as I stepped away, I saw people who did not believe in that God, believed in contradictory gods and things like that. And so it wasn't a case of creating a morality as much as it was understanding why we behave in a moral way. Right? I didn't need to reinvent the wheel because I saw that my neighbors were still being kind to each other and I could still you know, behave in a moral way. Why? Why do we do that? Let's let's define it. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is we're creating tools to explain things, right? Um, the number one, and you know, just numbers in general, they aren't useful unless we give them use, right? Um, e even uh, with the way we we do math, right? If I were to change base ten to base eight, the way you're going to do a problem is going to be different. In fact, I could live in a world that doesn't use numbers at all um but that said i'm, I'm talking about relative mm -hmm. uh relatively relative use uh so uh, i could make you a chair without ever using a ruler you still have numbers though numbers no. is wrapped up in well sure you do no, no. I, so, so if i if i wanted to make you a chair i'd say okay eli's yay high so i'm gonna 
uh, you know, about here to here is yeah. about where I want it to be. And so the next piece I'm going to make, I'm going to line up with it, and that's going to be flush. Um, I'm going to create. I'm I'm going to make a chair to you, not to a specific measurement that I took. But you're still assuming numbers, even though you're not saying numbers. Because so then there's a differentiation between me, who you're making this hypothetical chair for, and chair. There's there's individuality. Numbers are wrapped up in, in logic itself, the law of identity and things like that. So you can talk and not use numbers in your language, but we assume numbers and language uh, – I'm sorry, numbers and logic the very moment we communicate or even think when we when we reflect. So I mean that, that you can talk about it practically. What I'm dealing with is the metaphysical aspect. How do you make sense out of something – that is immaterial, something that is conceptual like logic in a worldview where there is matter in motion. And I, and I ask that not as kind of a, you know, like, you know, give, give me, a, I demand an answer. I'm really, I have no clue <laughs> how, how in a world where there's purely matter in motion, you can make sense out of logical laws unless you include them within the matter in motion, which has problems, or you appeal to some form of... Hold on. Why does that have problems? Okay. Only well, the problem if you say that we have to have a grounding, which you have not justified. No, no. The reason why there's a problem, you can't ground unchangeable laws in uh, the physical cosmos, since the physical cosmos, anything with physic with physicality, undergoes undergoes change. I mean, that it's like Heraclitus. You never step in the you never step into the same in, in the same river twice. You can't ground universal laws in physicality because they're they're conceptual in nature you don't you don't see a law of logic growing in a field somewhere have you heard of con confusing the map for the place yeah sure I'm, I'm i'm familiar with that okay how are you not confusing and, and that's why i started talking about the shire right? yeah but you but you're i think a thing and then telling me that it exists you're mixing things and i don't think you have the right to i think that you're Mm -hmm. Saying, okay, here's a description of a thing, right? I can, I'm telling you about the Shire. Therefore, um, next time I go to the Shire, I'm going to pick up a, you know, a, a <laughs> whatever. Um, how are you not confusing those things? Because it, it feels to me like that's what you're doing. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I'm confusing them. I'm basically just asking, on your worldview, metaphysically speaking, what is logic? If 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 all of reality is matter in motion, mm -hmm. logic would have to be part of that. And so how do you explain logic in physical terms and still have them unchanging, invariant, and universal? Got it. It's an idea. Is an idea material? Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's related to a brain state. Okay. And something that, so can a dead person think about the number one? No. Can a dead person think well, about Well, that, that begs the question, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it does. It begs the question that man is purely, uh, at, for example, at death, for example. We have different conceptions of death. For me, I continue to exist after I die. And so uh, in my in my worldview, I can still think of the number one without a physical body. On your view, okay, so, on, on your view, it seems that when you die, you can't think of the number one because you don't exist. So that begs the question in favor of, of your kind of outlook on that. But you haven't introduced anything to demonstrate why it's justifiable to accept the idea that there's anything outside of the body. But again, we're, we're let's, let's go back to grounding here. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about ideas. Sure. Um, ideas exist in this world. We agree with that. We also agree that the laws of logic are what we're using. We don't have a choice, correct? 
Yes, but there's a shift there, I think. You said the laws of logic – no one's going to disagree that we're using the laws of logic. The use of the laws of logic is not the issue. The issue is the metaphysical grounding for it. What What is it in my worldview and what is it in your worldview? On your worldview, logic is reduced to physicality, which makes – which I'm, I don't mean this pejoratively. It makes – okay, so if it's not physicality, is it matter? No. It's an idea. You, you, I'm, I'm telling you that it is in your brain. It is an idea. Without so it, is it in your brain? Yes. And is it in my brain? Is it my brain? So are so are our brains the same? I, in that way, you you can do math the same way I can, right? But that's not the no. But we but can both look at a pizza and call it a pizza. We're I know. Talking about right definitions of words. Yes. I mean, do you think that if we have the same definitions of a word, we're the same person? No. Well, that's not. Of course, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that okay, it no. seem it seems to me that the laws of logic transcend our physical brains. Why is that the case? Well, I mean, if logic is merely reduced to something, and I mean merely, I don't mean it in a pejorative sense. I'm, I'm kind of using it in the philosophical uh, uh, sense that, you know, like kind of reductionist view of like, you know, you know, people reduce, you know, man as matter. It's not like a mean thing or anything like that. Um, if you reduce the laws of logic to brain states, you know, not every, my brain's different than yours. And so on that view, I know we can talk consistently with each other but on that view you could hypothetically have different logic and they both equally be true i'm sorry no, absolutely not so then they would transcend the individual's no, brains you could be wrong and i could be wrong okay. uh, see we bring other people into the room and sure. we're going to find out whose definition is is lining up and if everybody in, in the room decided to use different words for things and to find things different right. ways that's great but that's missing the point the point is you could be wrong. That doesn't mean that it exists outside of the brain. It just means you were wrong. Right. So now that brings me down to the more fundamental issue is knowledge, which is what I got back what – what I was talking about at the beginning where the transcendental argument asks um, which worldview provides the preconditions for knowledge. So if we're going to make knowledge claims, we're going to disagree over our certain claims. Um, how do we justify any of our claims? So we can talk about logic, but if we haven't gotten to the worldview context in which knowledge itself can be justified, then we're going to have a disagreement because I don't, you, I don't grant certain things you're saying, and you're not going to grant certain things that I would say in response. We're going to have a fundamental disagreement on that issue. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's the case. So, so the thing okay. is, is I'll grant everything up to the laws of logic, and past that it's incumbent upon you to justify it. well then i but here's what i'm saying i don't grant you the laws of logic in the sense that yeah. in the sense that not that you can't use them obviously then i wouldn't be having come right i wouldn't we wouldn't be talking if i didn't grant you that we could right. use them i don't grant them to you as this thing that can float independence uh independent of a metaphysical context and, okay, and you're adding to it the, no what i'm doing what i'm that, that, that is by necessity no it's not by necessity because you're not logic. yeah you're not understanding it's uh adding to it i'm sorry we're talking about identity non-contradiction excluded no i'm talking about something broader real quick and more no when we both come to debate so to speak and i would say this is a, a respectful discussion what we're doing is we're bringing two opposing systems I'm not adding to anything because we're not in the same system. We have different worldview perspectives. I understand logic different than you in its metaphysical sense. I have a different epistemology than you. Um, I have um, a different view of history than you. Uh, if we really boil down to it, we'll have different views as to what a cow is if we want to get into the metaphysical foundation of just individual things. And We come to this entire discussion with systems. So I don't grant you your system. 
and you don't grant me my system. What I, yeah, what, I, I I'm going to grant the laws of logic to you because you're using it. And we both you're just granting a specific thing within my system. You're not granting my system because if you're granting my system. Okay, okay how come you won't do that same kindness for me? I'm sorry? It feels like you're only doing it because you can't have your way. Uh, well, that well, good thing that's just how it feels. It's not actually how it is, right? That's not why I'm doing it. I, I agree. It. <laughs> I, 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 right. I said that's how it feels. Right, that's right. The reason why I'm doing it is not because, uh, you know, because I can't have my way. I actually think it's, um, an, it's an illogical concept to take a worldview system and grant pieces of it since the truth of the pieces depend on the broader context. So it's not that, I, that I'm not granting it to you. Um, because you know, I just don't, I just don't want it any other way. I actually think it's a logically inconsistent thing when you're doing worldview analysis, what you have to do is what we call internal worldview critique. What I would do is not grant you the neutral ground of logic. Hey, we both agree on logic. Let's start there. No logic for me is necessarily connected and couched within the context of my broader worldview. What I want to do is hypothetically grant your worldview on your own terms do these things like logic and induction and all do they make sense within your own system and i'd have to critique you on that basis because i can't throw rocks from my worldview system over to yours because you're not operating on the same system in like fashion if you're going to grant my system it you can't just grant aspects of the system like logical laws because um it's it's connected to the entire package i don't do uh if you if you're familiar with presuppositional methodology um, we don't argue in like a piece by piece fashion. We argue worldview system. We don't pull things apart. I had a discussion with a the atheist YouTuber Tom Jump, um, where I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, I, I sounds familiar. Yeah, well, he he said something. Well, I can grant you the resurrection that doesn't grant you Christianity. I'm like, well, no, you can't grant me the resurrection because the resurrection doesn't have any meaning outside the broader context of the entire system. So some people have this impression that when they're critiquing a worldview or asking certain questions, you know, uh, you know, towards another worldview, that they can just pick and choose. Well, I'll grant you this, but I'm not going to grant you this. You're making an extra step here. There's no steps. I have an entire complete system. You have an entire complete system. We need to interact in terms of internally critiquing those systems. The, the, so that's a false dichotomy. Um, you can talk about your worldview and your system. Sure. But you don't get to say that I behave in the same way. Because I don't. I'm not using an all or, ne all or nothing method. You're saying all or nothing for you. Sure. I'm saying evaluate and follow the evidence where it leads. And that and that that right there is an exemplification of our differing epistemologies. If okay. and, and we so, we have a different. I think that that actually is not. It's not only that I don't hold to that epistemological perspective. I actually don't even think it's it's possible because it almost seems to presuppose that you can talk about individual things without a broader context. Well, I can drive my car and understand how to drive my car. Sure. And not know what's actually going on under the hood. I just know I need to take it to the mechanic and put gas in it. Um, yes. I can use this thing. Right. And not know how it's working just like we're both using the laws of logic and not justifying. that's right so if you're going to drive the car and not know what's under the hood that's fine you can do that when you're driving the car but if you're going to have a discussion about worldviews you can't do that because you could just say well my car works because it just works well 
<laughs> that's not how we evaluate the truth or falsity of a worldview perspective or to see if, if a, a worldview is rational or, or whatever. That's that's just being arbitrary. We're having, you know, we're having a, a back and forth, you know, respectful discussion. You're going to have to do a little bit more than just say, well, I use the laws of logic. Well, granted, I know you use the laws of logic. <laughs> I'm trying to use okay, them as well. That's just contrary to what you said. You said I can't use it. And so I just gave you an example of me being able to use I didn't it. say you can't use the laws of logic. I said okay. that you do. We both are using the laws of logic. I'm saying what you Sorry, can't I misunderstood. That's okay. That's okay. What I'm saying is you what you can't do. Well, I suppose you can do this, but if we're going to have a discussion, it's not fruitful to do this that you just talk about, look, I use it, but then there's no justification for it. If you're going to argue a position, you're going to need to give a little more than just say, well, I use the, I know the logic exists because I use it. Well, yeah, we all we are all using it. The the question of the transcendental argument is which worldview can make sense out of it. So Mm-hmm. So you're saying that, and and I'm I'm gonna point back to the car here. Sure. Right? Um, it's not enough to say that I can drive my car and not know it's under the hood. I should be able to tell you why the car works to justify using it. No. If you're going – say, for example, say we weren't having a, a discussion. But we're having a formal debate. Sure. If you're going to come to a – You can't use it, but justify using it. Well, well, well here's – you can use it because you're using it, right? No one's going to prohibit you from using the laws of logic or driving a car, right? Um, so you can do – the. Like you just granted me the laws of logic. I'm sorry? Sounds like you just granted me the laws of logic. Yes, but not in the way that you understand logic. When I grant you the laws of logic from my system, it's because you're made in the image of God. We haven't discussed that part yet, but the, it's part of a broader system. You don't have to agree I mean, with we, that. We, I'm... We, we can get there. That's extra. <laughs> right, but... And that is extra because we can both agree on identity, non-contradiction, excluded middle. Yes, are those that can, – can we agree on the definitions of the laws of logic? If I define the laws of logic, will you agree that that is the definition of law, laws of logic? I would say that those are the laws of logic, but within your worldview perspective, no, they don't no, fit. Wait, stop, stop. I didn't ask you about that. I asked you if you will I, if you will agree that we both have the definition for the law of logic, the laws of logic. Well, well, I'm not going to answer that question independent of a broader metaphysic because what you're doing is you're thinking in piecemeal fashion. Peace here, peace there. What I'm saying is pieces cannot be rationally discussed without a broader system. I'm bringing a system. Okay. You asked about the transcendental argument. When we, okay. as presuppositionalists, argue transcendentally, we are arguing systems. I don't. I don't argue about, you know, for example, um, a specific fact over here. I have an undergirding theory of fact that gives meaning and coherence to the specific fact. So I can't talk about one without discussing the other. Because, because say, you have a fact here and I have a fact here and we can fight it off. Well, which one's true? Well, our assumptions are going to prohibit us from agreeing. So we need to go behind those and see which worldview has a proper theory of fact, a proper um, worldview that can couch something like a fact. And if you don't have a broader worldview that's consistent with what you say about the individual fact, then it's an incoherent system. And I could actually draw into doubt whether you could know that to be a fact within your own worldview perspective. So let's um, let's reduce this down. Okay. Let's let's reduce it down as far as we can. Okay. Um, so let let's let's take this to hard solipsism. Okay. Brain in a vat. Uh, are we in the matrix? Um, can you trust your sense perception? Right. 
Um, so my view of that is that I really don't have a choice to um, either I'm going to behave in this world such that I can continue to exist or you know if I thought that I don't actually need to eat I'm gonna starve it's it's exactly the same um, it's exactly the same as far as consequences are concerned um, if I don't care for my body I'll die uh, whether I'm in the matrix or not um, that said can I definitively say that I'm not in the matrix, that I'm not a brain in a vat, uh, and that you're not just a construct of my imagination. Well, no, that's an unfalsifiable claim. Uh, well, can you? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we can. In my, within my worldview, it's impossible for me to be a brain in a vat. And, and the reason is the brain in the vat. Um, uh, if the brain in the vat concept were true, it would seem to me that knowledge about anything would be impossible. And it. How so? Well, because anything I claim to know, I can say, well, I might, I might be in a, a brain in a vat. That might not, might not actually be the case. Well, that's if you're talking about absolute truth, capital. Right, and I, and well, as a Christian, so, I do believe that there is absolute truth, and we could know, we can know some of it. <laughs> no, whoa, 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 hold on a second, hold on. Uh, I, I agree that uh, that's what you think. Yeah. Um, I'll grant you that. Uh, what I won't grant you is that you can actually attain any of it. What makes you think you can attain absolute truth? And please tell me how you got away from your own sense perceptions. Well, well, real quick, um, you said that I could not attain absolute truth. Now, I, and I know that how these conversations go, and I don't mean this to be, you know, the annoying I'm presupposition. About definitions, right? right. Unmarried bachelor. Right. right. But you say if I can't know absolute truth, the the the, the famous and annoying retort <laughs> is are is that absolutely true? that I can't know absolute truth. I mean, the, even that statement itself seems to, and if you say, well, no, I'm not even sure about that. Well, now you're back into the infinite regress and you couldn't know anything. It would seem as though if you grant the brain in the vat analogy, knowledge would be impossible, but it's impossible for knowledge to be impossible because if someone says we can't know anything, I'd ask, how do you know we can't know anything? You either know we can't know anything, which is self-refuting, or you can say, I don't even know that, but then you're stuck in the infinite regress again. So are you kicking out all inductive logic? I'm not kicking out. I'm I'm saying that that's the result of your worldview, which you've just expressed that within your own perspective, you could be a brain in a vat. There's no way for you to know. Within my worldview, I'm not in that situation because within my worldview system, it includes a foundation for knowing some things. Justify that to me. Well, again, that's the, it's wrapped up into the uh, the transcendental argument. If you were to ask me, how do you know Christianity is true? You know, I would say, and this is the common presuppositional language, but I'll, I'll try to explain. Um, Christianity, the, the Christian worldview is true by the impossibility of the contrary. Well, hmm, that's interesting. Do say, <laughs> you know, explain yourself. It's kind of like logic. How do I know logic is valid? Well, deny it and you affirm it. How do you know Christianity is true? Deny what Christianity says about the world, and you'll have to affirm certain things within the Christian worldview, namely logic, and you think that you could justify logic in your own worldview, and that's why we're having this discussion. But I'm, my argument, part of my argument would be that you can't, and I don't think you have appealing, uh, making logic something that's, that's stuck within the material and material existence. Um, so first off, you have to show that it's immaterial before you can make that claim. Second, um, no. <laughs> you know what? You know what I like about you, bro. You can, let me, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you. This is what I like about you. You say things very simply, and I appreciate that. 
<laughs> it's not like, hey, that's an invalid argument. You know what? No. And I completely understand what you mean. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, so, so here's the thing. Um, one of the things that I hate about these kinds of arguments sure. is they're incredibly hard to follow. Uh, somebody who wants to pick up and learn about these concepts um, are quickly going to find themselves over their heads. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, when I started talking to them, the example was somebody had called into the atheist experience and said, uh, I want to talk about the Kalam cosmological argument. And Matt answers the phone and he says, okay, I disagree with premise two. Click, now on to the next call. Did we learn anything no. about the Kalam? Did we learn about why he disagrees? Did we learn about what the premises are and why premises are important? Did we learn any of that? No, we lost a teachable moment. And I, I honestly think it's a, it's a sign of understanding when you can use different language to express an idea. It's mm -hmm. just like, uh, you know, it's one thing to learn another, uh, to learn a subject. It's another thing to teach it, sure. right? If you're wanting to teach mathematics to someone, you're not just understanding it. You are finding different ways of approaching it so that you can discuss it in a way that makes sense to the student, mm -hmm. right? Um, when I say no, it, 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 it definitely resonates. It, people are able to, okay, sure. why is Eric disagreeing? Right. Uh, so the, the reason I'm disagreeing is, um, and I, I don't want to go in circles here. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I feel like we're going to start going in circles. I don't think so. Um, I don't think we're going to go in circles. I don't feel that. I don't even feel that. I, my, my, my question is, and this is an honest question. I'm having great difficulty understanding how universal laws of logic can be material. I, I and yeah, they exist in your mind. And okay, well, when you talk to a Christian, a mind is not material. I don't equate mind with brain. Okay, that's great for you. Uh, demonstrate it because you're adding an extra step. I'm not. Well, no, no, no. Remember, I'm not adding anything. Remember, I'm arguing. Yes, you are. I'm ar I'm. I, I, so, so you're adding soul to body, which we. No, you're you're not understanding. Okay, so, you're not understanding the idea of system against system. I'm not adding anything to your perspective. No, no, no. How is that not all or nothing? That is all. You are you are trying to argue piecemeal. You're trying to argue piecemeal, and I do, and I reject that. I reject that that form of argumentation because. I'm not. I'm not going to discuss individual things independent of a broader context. I have a completely different system than you, and you have a different system than I do. So I'm not. I don't operate on on that basis. What I'm saying is, within your perspective. Now, this is what you call an internal critique. I'm putting my perspective aside, and I'm trying to understand your perspective within your worldview. Okay, how how do you explain? And, and this is not like a, a debate question. I'm honestly asking, how do you explain universal conceptual laws that are unchanging, that is grounded in the material world? And, and, and for you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, all that exists, and I don't mean that pejoratively, is matter and motion. I'm, I'm having great difficulty understanding how universal conceptual laws are matter. Sure. Um, the Shire is a place that I can draw a map to. Um, I can describe the Shire in the same way that I can describe our understanding of concepts. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the Shire exists. You're mixing up the map with the place. So, so help me out. I so does... I'm not telling you there's a place. I'm telling you there's a map, and the map exists. Okay, so so what, so explain this. So, so what is logic on your view? What is it? The metaphysical essence of it. So... 
about the laws of logic. Okay, so do these laws, these uh, laws that we use to, to speak, are they reflecting a more fundamental reality? I think if it was, then you would need to show me evidence in the same way. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Eric, I'm sorry. I'm asking you, within your perspective, do these words that we use, law of identity, law of non-contradiction, law of excluded middle, are they pointing to something more foundational or are these just words that we use and we call them the laws of logic and we all agree to use them? I don't see how you could justify the former. I'm not sure what you mean. I'm asking you from your perspective. Sure. sure. Um, words just being words is the way that we built this society, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we all agreed to them. We understand and talk about the laws of logic because very smart people found mm -hmm. that there were constants in this universe that we're living in um, and we describe them um, but that's it I anything more like, like, like I could be a dishonest uh, interlocutor right okay I could um, for example I could say that the only reason you're able to use logic is because I grant logic to you um, me being the deity, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and so if I were to, as the deity, uh, grant that, I say, well, I'm couching that in my entire worldview, and so I'm not going to let you pick that apart. It becomes unfalsifiable. Mm -hmm. So how do you protect yourself from unfalsifiable claims? It's unfalsifiable. And it, it, my within my worldview, logic is unfalsifiable. No, no, your worldview being unfalsifiable. That's right. And since it's grounded on God, who's ground, who's who, who couches the laws of logic, it's unfalsifiable. It's true, it, but it's true by the trend, by its own transcendental necessity. That's the nature of the transcendental argument. Hold on. Hold now, on. now we didn't hash that out just yet, but I, for example, if you were to ask me, is it possible for your worldview to be false? Well, if I'm going to be consistent with using a transcendental argument, I'm going to say no, it's not, because if if it's possible, then it's not the necessary precondition for intelligible experience. Okay, so. Where in here do you feel that I'm right and there's no way that I can be wrong by definition? How is that acceptable? Yeah, I'm not saying it by definition in the sense, well, I'm right and, and that's it and it's just a claim. The response that I would hope that you would, if we were to kind of do it in a more formalized way, for example, if I were to say, that the proof for the truth of the Christian worldview is that if it were not true, you couldn't prove anything at all. A lot of people mistake that as a, a as an assertion. It, it actually isn't. If you want to falsify that assertion, which I believe is you're not going to falsify, but that's just me. I mean, I'm trying to be consistent with my own view. What you're going to need to do is give me your worldview and show me how you can you can ground the very thing I'm saying you can't. If you do that. If you do that, then that's where the that's where the you know, the worldview systems are going to collide, and we're going to see which one has the foundation for uh, knowledge, intelligibility, and things like that. Um, okay. So uh, does that does that make a little sense, though? I mean, you might obviously you don't agree with me, but but is what what I'm trying to say make a little sense? Like, are you understanding a little bit about like at least like where I'm coming from, or is it completely gobbledygook? No, no, no. I no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Okay. I'm, I'm actually trying to think of a way that I can clearly respond in, 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 in a way that's helpful. Okay. Um, so I'm borrowing an example from seeing a whole lot of other people use it. Okay. Um, Houdini, Harry 
was friends with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes, right? Uh, famously, uh, in Sherlock Holmes, there's the statement that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would say is, um, once you eliminate all probable um, results, whatever's left has to be the truth, right? If, if, if you lay out all of the different explanations for a thing and discount um, and, and are able to rule out everything but one, then whatever's left, no matter how improbable, is true. Um, and so that statement, right, is... It, it, it seems great, and when you read Sherlock Holmes, there's there's a lot of you know, haha, you know, I, I rolled out all of the other um, competing ideas. But what's funny is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle used that logic um, and said, you know, Houdini, I know that you're dematerializing and rematerializing outside of the handcuffs because there's no other way that you can do it. Right. And so no matter how improbable it is, you're obviously phasing through this. Um, and so I, I want to know how you're doing it. I mm -hmm. want to know how you're able to phase through things. Mm -hmm. um, well, no, that wasn't the case. He was fooling people, um, which is an example of just because I don't have an answer mm -hmm. doesn't mean that your answer is any more justified. What it is is it's an argument from incredulity. I don't know or you can't explain it. Therefore, I'm right. Well, you could say that. I, I can say when you say, well, just because I don't know doesn't mean your answer is right. Well, I'm giving you uh, a worldview system that can ground universal conceptual laws, which I think upon very close study and obviously you disagree. It is easy to see that the laws of logic are not grounded as uh, mater materialistically. And um, and I have there are a lot of atheists who would who see this as a problem. You have these universal conceptual laws. How do we how do we make sense out of that if we hold to a view that the universe is purely matter in motion? I don't think it, it fits in the same way. You, uh, when you ground these universal laws in a world that is purely material, there's issues there. That my, that my assertion that there's issues is not just my assertion. A lot of people who agree with it doesn't make it right, but that's something that you really need to come to grips with. If I were to say, it, logic, is it material? You say, uh, no. It's like, well, is it immaterial? Uh, I don't know. Or no. Or if, well, what is it? It's like, well, I don't know, but that doesn't mean what you're saying is right. It's like, well, I mean, if we're going to debate worldviews and, and talk about foundations, it seems as though it, we need to talk a little bit more about the details of your worldview because otherwise you're using logic, but you are, you have no ground for them. And your assertion that, well, just because I don't know, doesn't mean, you, well, maybe you should consider that universal conceptual laws you might not agree with this, but it is quite rational to 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 make the argument that universal conceptual laws could be grounded in a universal mind. That that's they're conceptual. They're conceptual by nature. Sure. Yes, and it could crawl out of my ass. And um, until you can justify that, then you have no right. You have no right. In fact, what you've done here is you replied to my example mm -hmm. of. Um, you know, you need to provide your own response before, you know, uh, invalidating mine. Um, I understand that you're wanting to talk about my worldview, and I'd be happy to talk to you about my mm -hmm. worldview. Um, what it seems that you've done is you have taken the ability to discuss your worldview off the table before we ever came to it. Absolutely not. Okay. 
then show me how your worldview is falsifiable. Well, when we talk about comparison of worldviews, I'm not removing mine from the from the table. If you're familiar how with – How is it falsifiable? I'm sorry? How is it falsifiable then? It's not falsifiable. Okay, then you're taking it off the table. No, because you're welcome to critique my worldview. That This is the whole nature okay. of the discussion. Since we have different worldview systems – Look at this. If I were to have my two hands up here, I look like an idiot putting my hands up. Like, but let's say my. Dude, I've been doing it the whole night. Sorry. <laughs> so if these are two, if these are, let me get them in the camera. There we go. If these are two yes. world worldview systems, okay. Okay. If you throw stones from your worldview system into mine, critiquing it from the outside, you're not going to successfully refute my worldview since your system has completely different starting point. I don't. I don't grant the things within your worldview. And like fashion, as a Christian, I can't throw rocks over into your worldview from my perspective. And so- Yes, you can. No, you, you can. No, you cannot because- should. Not from I'm my wrong. worldview. I would never critique yes, you from- absolutely. No, no. You can be wrong about everything else. You can be wrong about everything in your life. Okay. But if you bring a salient point to me that shows me that I was wrong somewhere, then I should- change it. Yeah, you should change the idea that it's adequate to critique a worldview from someone else's worldview. <laughs> that, that, that's Ill, it's an illegitimate logical move. So for example, if, if you were to say, you know, can God create a rock so big that he can't lift? Uh, again, you are, uh, you are asking a question that would be impossible given the thought categories and, and concepts within the Christian system. You can't throw rocks from outside systems. You have to go into the system and evaluate it on its own basis so that given it's the, given the the hypothetical truths within that system, it shoots itself in the foot and hence can't stand. Or it can answer those questions. It is consistent, it is coherent, and you can ground the 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 pieces of belief or the 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 articles of knowledge within that worldview that they're consistent within the system. So you can't you can't just go from outside the worldview. You have to do what's called internal worldview critique. That otherwise. I, I, so I entirely disagree. You can teach me a true thing mm -hmm. for all of the wrong reasons and be coincidentally showing me the truth. So thing. how do you? Um, I, I apologize. I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's okay. No, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, what I was, what I was going, what, what I was going to say is, yeah. um, it, it sounds like there's no reason for me to be here. Well, I mean, um, you invited me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I agree, but, but generally, yeah. In this discussion, um, you're saying that tag the transcendental argument, the Christian worldview, as you are portraying it, mm -hmm. is something that is. Absolutely justified. Absolutely works. Mm -hmm. And you can't be wrong. Well, and Eric. Investigating it doesn't matter because no matter how many ways I can bring it to you, right. unless I already believe what you believe, then I can't justify it. Somebody else who says that they believe in tag. And honestly, what you could do is no true Scotsman, everybody else right out. If somebody says, well, here, I have a problem. Go, well, you obviously don't accept my worldview the way I believe it. And so I'm going to invalidate you. Um, how do you get out of that bubble, dude? Um, I don't think you're understanding the nature of transcendental arguments and the nature of worldview critiques. Uh, to, um, and, I, and again, uh, when, I, when I say, for example, that I argue transcendentally by the impossibility of the contrary, you can't ask me, could you be wrong, and me consistently argue transcendentally and say, yes, I could be wrong. 
Well, if I could be wrong, then out goes the transcendental argument since the transcendental argument says my worldview is the necessary precondition. Now, I welcome – I'm sorry? Oh, no. I, I, I was – I will hold on to what I was about to say until okay. you finish. Go right ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so so when I say that – when I argue transcendentally, I'm arguing from the impossibility of the contrary. Now, whether you agree that one could argue successfully, that's the nature of the argument. So if I'm going to say that Christianity is true by the impossibility of the contrary, but then in the next breath you ask me, is it possible for your worldview to be falsified? If I say yes, it's possible, then I throw out transcendental argument. If it's possible, then – then it's not the necessary precondition. There, there might be another precondition, a different precondition that falsifies my own. I'm just being consistent. Okay. When I say it's unfalsifiable, sure. I'm just being consistent at that point. So let's um, let's see if the if tag turned out to be not a good tool, would you stop being a Christian? Say again. If tag turned out to be not a good tool. Would you still be a Christian? Well, a tag is an ar- tag is an argument. Uh, what I'm yeah. saying when I use tag, I'm using an argument uh, in regards to a broader, an entire system. Um, that's like saying if if Christianity were not true by the impossibility of the contrary, would you still be a Christian? Well, that you're you're basically asking me to conceive of my worldview in a way that it's that's it's not my worldview at that point. I believe an intrinsic part of the Christian worldview is that God is that necessary foundation, you know, for logic and things like that. So, um, right. I which has not been substantiated yet. Well, well, of course we have. There's a bunch of things we haven't gotten into, given the uh, oh. I would say that given the and I don't mean this in a negative way because we're having conversation. Given the disorganized oh, nature of our conversation, we've jumped here and there and haven't really laid out. Although I'll tell you, I think that people who are going to watch this are going to get infinitely more out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I actually agree with you. <laughs> so yes, I agree with you. Like a mess. The fact is, people are going to be able to walk sure. away with this with a whole lot sure. more understanding. I agree. I love that. Um, and by, so, by the way, I, I prefer these kinds of discussions because I, I think I heard you and I, I watched a little bit of a, I think a podcast or it was a video, I don't remember, where you talked about the importance of um, being able to stop and say, hey, clarify. And I think that's important, especially with these topics. They're like really like sometimes top shelf metaphysics and epistemology. So I completely agree with you. Which is why whenever I talk about epistemology, I – usually say uh your your mental toolbox for understanding the world um Hmm. it's the same thing but more people are going to follow right i got you when you talk about metaphysics um i try and specify what it is we're talking about otherwise we're using a blanket term that kind of makes things hazy and then all of a sudden people think oh well they got to be true it's got to be real because they're smart Hmm. um and and honestly i think that that leads me to where I was going a little earlier. Okay. And uh, that is, when I said uh, you're using uh, using a bad tool, mm-hmm. um, and then you said, well, you know, you, you identified that as an argument. Um, we can agree that there are some bad arguments um, just on their face, right? Um, so ad baculum arguments. The argument from the stick. This is true or I'm going to hit you is not a good argument. Right. Well, pragmatically, um, it is because I'd win the argument. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I, I'm not going to. I don't. I don't ascribe to the pragmatic uh, uh, definition of truth. I, okay. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I, 
Okay, you almost got me on a tangent. Let's not do. Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> okay, so if I were to give you um, a bad tool, I can give you another one. Uh, ad hominem. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't don't listen to what he says because he's smelly. Um, what his smell has nothing to do with the truth value of his argument, right? Um, you're, you're finding a way to invalidate them that has nothing to do with the claim. You can agree that that is a bad tool, right? That would be a bad tool, yeah. And within my worldview, that's a bad tool. Well, I, I, I think we both are operating on the same understanding of logic. You're just scaffolding more on. Well, I'm, uh, I'm acknowledging a broader system in which make couches and make sense out of logic. So whereas you're, you're – it almost seems to me that you understand logic as kind of this either something material, which that I – that that I really doesn't make sense to me, or what? some. Ask, ask me questions about it. If well, well, that that that's what I asked before. I don't know. I mean, what okay. does logic look like in a materialist worldview? What does it look it's, like? It's the same way it looks like to you. No, it, uh, no, it does not. non-contradiction, excluded middle. What does it look like, though? Remember, I asked you about the laws themselves. When we say the laws, law of identity, non-contradiction, excluded middle, are those words pointing? to a more fundamental reality or are they conventions of words we just put these words and we agree upon them and we use them right um, which one so is it you are pointing I, it's it's the latter you're I, I feel like you're pointing at a map of the shire and saying is this a real place and if this is not a real place, then there's no value to this. Matter. Okay, when you use the Shire, not because it's a bad example, it's because I'm, I'm having difficulty uh, following the analogy and then the point you're making when you say the latter. Which part? Is it is the, the rules pointing to something more fundamental? Or do we just have these linguistic constructions we call the laws and we and on convention we agree on them and use them? So it's it's the second, it's it's the we we creating these words, uh, we're identifying we're working on these definitions. So they're convention. Um, and and my example is you are pointing at the map mm-hmm. of the Shire mm-hmm. and saying, well, if this does not actually correspond to a place, then it is unintelligible. Well, no, as an idea, I can talk to you about the Shire. I can tell you about hobbits, and we can talk about yes, things that are – Yes, I agree. I, I agree. talk to you about Belvo and all of that. Um, that doesn't mean that the Shire is a place. It mm. just means that we understand this concept together. Yes, but if that's what you mean – remember what I, what I asked you. Do they refer to something more fundamental or are they linguistic conventions that we agree? Now, you said that one. Now – are you then saying that, on your view, logic is a convention? I let's. Would that be different than saying that logic is an idea? Well, is it a is is the idea a convention? We we make it up and agree upon it. In which case, my next point would be: if that's your position, then I don't see how, on convention, these laws are universally binding, unless we agree. I'm sorry. I never said they were. Well, how that, I never said you said. Make universally binding statements. I never said ever, that you said other that. Than de- other than to define something into existence, I, unless you're defining something as true, mm-hmm. you are bound to this world that we're in, and you 
cannot justify unless you give yourself special permission to do so, to say that you can do any more than I can. Your worldview that you're giving me cannot justify because it is in false, unfalsifiable by you, you, by your admission. I, uh, you're okay. Now this is why. This is why I, um, I'm having difficulty. If they're conventions, then they're man-made. If they're man-made, how are they universal, unchanging? I mean, I can just say it. Suppose I disagreed with you and said, well, two plus two is seven. And even if everyone in the world disagreed with me, I'm not wrong on your view. That's my convention. So on your view, by definition, it wouldn't be absolute. I'm sorry? Nope. Okay, so if it's not true, that's what I'm having difficulty understanding because if they're convention, Absolutely. I'm not seeing how what I'm saying is not true if they're convention. If you could explain that for me. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to use the term atheist. Okay. Right? Uh, what is an atheist? An atheist is someone who does not accept the theist claim, right? A theism hmm? um, is the same. It's the same kind of thing. If I said I was an A Bigfootist, or an A Loch Ness monsterist, or an A, a alienist, or a non-stamp collector, right? It, it it seems like a word that doesn't make sense because you don't really define yourself by what you're not. The reason that a theist is something that sparks people's attention is because theism is taking a very, very large front row seat in this society that we're living in. Mm -hmm. uh, people are using it as justification for things. And um, there are a lot of justifications that I'm sure you would agree with me uh, should not be used with religion, right? Uh, talk about the Westboro Baptist Church, right? They're using what they feel that their religious view is to hate on gay people and uh, condemn um, soldiers who were, who were sent back from war after they died mm. um when theism stops being something that people can batter each other over the head with atheism will be a concept that makes just as much sense as non-stamp collecting and i'll need to find a new job and i'd be fine with that i'd be happy with that um but the thing is that term has a purpose and we're using that term does that mean that there is something intrinsic in that term no we can define it, we can give it a different word, and that's fine. In fact, in all cultures, in all different languages, we use different words sure. to describe things. The only reason that we're able to move forward is because we agree on those definitions. If you don't agree on an idea by yourself, cool. You're not going to have a good time navigating the world that we're in. Making but up the definition. That doesn't make you justice right. Right. Making a definition on convention, what we're going to call this word atheism, is not the same as asking the question as to whether the laws of logic are universal and binding. If the laws of logic are not universal and binding, but are conventions, then people could have different conventions and you could not say that one person's invented convention is wrong. So two plus two equals 10. You can't say that that's wrong, even if everyone in the world disagreed with me. And that would be that would be related to the knowledge question. If, if that's your view, how can we actually know anything? Uh, because I could be using different laws and you might disagree and everyone might disagree, but you couldn't say I'm wrong. On your view, it, it would almost seem as though it undercuts uh, knowledge. So again, that's just an appeal to, uh, that's scary. No, it's not, it's irrational. It's, it makes the review irrational if that's the case. No, why is that the case? Why is it the case that just because we decide on what words are, they have no value? That's not what I'm saying, Eric, that's not what I'm saying, yeah. Because you're, you're throwing out words 
because I don't have a God view. Now tell me why. That's that that's not what I'm saying, Eric. I should believe you. Uh, Eric, what I'm saying but is – what I'm saying is – uh, what we're talking about is logic. If that's your understanding within your worldview of these logical laws, then it destroys knowledge. Since I can just operate on a different convention, you can't say I'm wrong. How would we know? Yes, I can. You could say it, but yes, but you don't know that I'm wrong. Uh, then good luck living in the world. But that's fine. I I can deal. I, if someone's willing to to live in a uh, you know living in inconsistently with everyone else, yeah. But but the issue is truth. On your worldview, on that view of logic, could you know anything to be true? On that view, we both have the same relationship to truth. I'm just being honest about it. Uh, oh, that's what it is. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm being I dishonest. Take you there. So I'm being dishonest. Not, not intentionally. Not intentionally. <laughs> no, no. Listen, are you absolutely sure that I'm being it's dishonest? I'm sorry. I'm saying it's unfalsifiable. I'm not trying to be an ass about no, it. No, I understand. I understand. On your view. I think you picked this up. I think you picked up tag. And these are the tools that you were given, and these are the tools that you're not, using to explain what TAG is. I'm not saying that you are a dishonest interlocutor. Sure, sure. I'm saying sure. that you are presenting a dishonest point, and I'm trying to show you why. I, I don't think you're doing – and I mean this respectfully. I don't think you're doing a good job. I think if – Probably. If <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm probably butchering it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying simply – is that if if what you're saying about logic and all this stuff within your worldview is true, it seems to destroy and undercut knowledge and rationality since we couldn't know anything to be true. Because if you're going to use logic to come to conclusions and call it knowledge, well, if someone's operating on a different convention, then I can draw into question whether you, what you say you know, you, have, you in fact know it. Now, if you can say, for example, well, fine. Deny what we've all agreed upon. Have fun living in that world. Well, that's that's an irrelevant question. That deals with the practical outflow of, of what I believe. But we still can't get to, is what I'm saying true on your view? It seems like you're reduced to a complete and utter skepticism, which I think is a problematic perspective if you're going to make knowledge claims throughout a conversation and you can't ground them. So you're appealing to something that we both have to deal with. We're both in the same boat. No, I don't have that. I don't because I don't believe that logic is conventional, because if I did, I'd be stuck in your position. You're, you're using exactly the, what you said you can't do. Right. Uh, you said, hey, Eric, yeah. if uh, this person wants to believe X and they're absolutely wrong and they want to live on an island somewhere and never have to deal with people, then that is just an outflow. Can you say that again? This line of reason. Can you repeat that Somebody sentence again? Live. Sure. If somebody wants to live on an island with their own definitions for things and their own understanding, whatever, um, good luck living in the world. You, you replied to that by saying, hey, Eric, you're just appealing to the consequence of it, right? You're not actually giving me truth claims. Right. You can't get to truth claims by appealing to consequences, right? Yeah, but you said when you said it the first time, you said that they go off and they're wrong. I'm saying on your view, you couldn't say they're wrong because you can't say you don't know what – Truth is, capital T, in regards to any specific thing, unless you think you can. But then again, you said before you could be a brain in a vat, which I don't see how you're going to escape a complete and utter skepticism at that point. No, well, you can't either. That's the thing. Yes, I can. Just because – okay, Ali Ali Oxenfer, yes, I can too. No, oh. we're good. Well, no. <laughs> I'll pull one, one of yours. Um wait, now, now, you don't have to – you don't have to agree with this, but but if, I, if you consider the – the, my worldview system within my worldview system 
because it is grounded in a personal God, if you were to hypothetically, just hypothetically, grant the truth of my worldview, then within the truth of my worldview, there is a God who can convey knowledge to me such that I could know it. Now, you don't have to agree with that as an atheist, but from within the Christian system, that is a coherent concept. So I could have knowledge because I have a God who knows all things and can reveal things. Within that, within my system, that's consistent. Now, within your system, what I'm saying is, on your system, you can't have knowledge. And if you can't have knowledge, then it's an irrational position. Why do I say you can't have knowledge? Because you just before agreed, logic is convention. Well, if it's convention, then you have competing conventions and we could never know the difference. No, give me a competing convention to the laws of logic. Well, I mean, I, I, I can't think off the top of my head. I, I can say two plus two is um, is 20. Is that wrong? Is that right or wrong? Are, do you define two the way I define two? I'm sorry? You're playing a definitions game. Try. Like, no. so I'm disagreeing with your with your with uh, say say I can agree with your definition and disagree with your definition at the same time. No, you can't. So is it true that I can't? You, so you are you are relying on. Okay. Let me let me. Yeah, clear your mind. It's like it can get in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> you need you need coffee or something or water or whatever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we're talking about brain in a vet. Uh, you, you, you brought up how do we get it? How do we escape from mm -hmm. brain in a vet? How do you escape? My worldview, I, there's no, there's no brain in a vet. Okay. I disagree. I, unless you can verify it, all it is is just saying. It you, you don't have to agree with it. Within my system, that notion is not coherent. I'm asking within your system, how do you escape I, I, I only care about truth. Um, shouldn't you only care about truth? So let's look, we're investigating your system here. Um, okay. This unfalsifiable system. Right. Right. Um, there are a ton of things within that system that I can pick apart. But if you're taking the whole thing, then would it be intellectually honest to say, hey, Eric, if you can point out a flaw in this whole, then that whole is no longer justified to stand as a whole. Well, you'd have to pick out a flaw that is that that is an essential feature of the coherence of that worldview. What you're just saying right there, if you were to say, yes, I'm going to try to do that, then you're agreeing with me at the beginning that in order to refute a worldview, you have to do an internal critique. What you just expressed there is itself an internal critique. Some people have tried to do that. Here's an internal critique of the Christian worldview. The Christian worldview says that God is good. There is evil in the world. How do you reconcile that? The Trinity. How can God be three in one? You know, you know, that's a contradiction. no longer seeking. I'm sorry, that, that's, that's no longer giving a truth claim. That's evaluating somebody else's claim. That's right. And when you evaluate it and show it to be logically incoherent, then you've now shown that it's false since logical incoherencies okay. can't be true. Okay, perfect. Uh, does God speak to Christians? I'm sorry? Does God give Christians special knowledge? Uh, yes, in Scripture. Okay. Okay. Um, how can you tell the difference between somebody who's hearing voices or hearing God? Well, as Scripture being our standard, we have to compare what we think we're hearing with the truth of Scripture. Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's ambiguous. God uh, speaks to us, but that doesn't mean he's always speaking to us at every moment. He's given us his word, and we're called to, to learn it and to apply it in our lives the best that we can. Could somebody hear a voice in their head that is coherent and accidentally think that they believe they are the voice of God? Well, uh, it depends. Now we're dealing with the metaphysics of how God conveys knowledge. I, I'm not sure exactly how that works. I mean, uh, for example, there are things within the Christian worldview 
that we can know to be certain, and there are things that are um, we we call it in theological language like mystery, the mysteries of God. What I when I look at the Bible, it is God's revelation. But there are certain things that God hasn't revealed to us, and the Bible even says that. And when you ask questions that relate to things that He hasn't revealed. Um, I couldn't say with any, you know, with any in any definitive fashion. Um, within my worldview, I, there there is an allowance for areas of mystery. Um, you know, how do you reconcile, you know, uh, a completely sovereign God with uh, human free will and responsibility? That's that's a tough one. The Bible doesn't go into it, so we create philosophical constructs to try to understand those in various ways. But to point out those various tensions, um, because they're not included as a revelatory aspect within our worldview. It, that's not one of the things we can claim to know with certainty. In my world, we can know certain things. I'm not saying we can know everything. That sounds that sounds like I don't know. I could have said that, but then I would. I think it'd be better if I explain. <laughs> if I explain sure, a little sure. bit, I have. Remember what I told you last time. I have no problem saying I don't know. It, Deuteronomy 29:29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord, and the things that God has revealed belong to us and our children's children. There are things that within the Christian system, things that we can know, and things that we are not told. You know. Okay, so I brought up something that's inconsistent. You, I, we can actually go back on the record. You actually used the word mystery, mm-hmm. which is the Bible uses mystery. Appealed to mystery, you appealed to mystery. Yeah. To answer. Yeah. That. That's not a contradiction. To mis- no, it's a fallacy by definition. No, no it's not. It's a fallacy by definition. It can't be a fallacy because within my system there are certain things we can know, and within my system we're told things that we don't know or we can't know. So that's 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 consistent with the system. It can be fallacious, but not in this case. Okay. Okay. Well, how do you know that? Well, because given my worldview, given the revelation of God, there are certain. I'm not giving it. Of course, you're not. According to my worldview, you can say according to my worldview. Hypothetically, given my worldview, if you want to use though that kind of language, you know, I'm I'm assuming. Here's the thing. I'm. I don't think you are fully understanding the nature of an internal critique. You almost got it, and you asked a good question. But when I say given my worldview, what I'm assuming is that if you assume my worldview, I know you don't believe my worldview, but if you assume my worldview, this appeal to mystery makes sense, just as this appeal over here to knowledge makes sense within my system. Now, you don't have to believe the system, but you can't critique my system from the outside of it because that's an external worldview critique and that's an illegitimate and um, illogical move. You, You wouldn't be able to draw any good conclusions by evaluating my worldview based upon your worldview. Because we have different so, paradigms. Okay, so could I say, using that logic, um, you have no right to critique my worldview because you don't have it? No. I, I, I can critique your worldview, but I don't critique it from within my worldview. I want to hear, as we're having a conversation, i will be like, listen, I'm not going to evaluate your worldview based on my worldview. I want to hear what your worldview is. And given the truth of those various points of your worldview, we can talk about whether they make sense within your own system. That's what a worldview critique, uh, a worldview critique is. So I can critique your worldview without my, you know, I myself holding to your worldview. So I just gave you an example yeah. of a question that sure. you genuinely said you don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you also gave answer, uh, examples of things that can either be contradictory or just unknown, right? But you appeal to the mystery of that God and the 
the hidden nature of that God to say that I don't know it, but the answer's out there. Just know that what I'm saying is true because you have to believe in it. Um, how does that make you any different from any other worldview? How does that make you any more insulated from lies? How does that make you any more insulated from somebody saying, hey, Eli, dude, I want to invest your money. I've got a really good deal. It's going to give you a 60% payback in two years. Um, and you say, hey, hey, Eric, um, how does that work? You know what? I really can't explain it. I, I yeah, that's not – that is not analogous at all. We're not dealing with someone who's – we're, we're dealing with, with God here, okay? Within my system, there is there is space for mystery. Every Christian affirms that. You know, if you were to tell me what the Trinity is, ask me what the Trinity is, I can tell you – you know, this is the definition of the Trinity. I can talk about why it's not logically incoherent. But if you say, but what is it? How does it work? Like, well, the Bible doesn't tell me. So I – yeah, I can think of an answer that might be contradictory, but if the Bible tells me what it is, then I, I would go and show you, look, this is what it is. The Bible doesn't tell me. It wouldn't because the Bible would be a giant philosophical textbook. I'd have to caveat every single ideal. We have uh, principles within scripture. Awesome. I'm sorry? That would be awesome. Well, for us it would be, but I mean God God has chosen to communicate in, in a certain way through, through story, historical events, and things like that, not through a textbook, so – do you think it would be better if God uh, did give you an, a, a large? Uh, no, no, I, I don't think because I think I think you and I are um, are rare creatures. I think the average person who uh, who's out there, I mean, the Bible touches people on a on a very um, real plane. It deals with with life situations and things like that. It's not always lofty in philosophy. The seeds of it are are, are definitely there. I mean, we can talk about the story of Jesus, you know, turning water into wine, but the broader context, the metaphysical context that can be drawn out of scripture can take us into those deep philosophical issues because I believe those stories are grounded in a broader metaphysical context in which we can go deeper. And there are aspects of it within the Christian system that we don't know. Why? Not because it's contradictory and I'm trying to get out of something. It's because God hasn't revealed it. If I believe that there's a revelation from God, I could only tell you what God has revealed. Now, God has demonstrated his faithfulness in scripture. This is not an argument. He's demonstrated uh, himself in ways to me that um, that have been faithful. And so even though he says, you know, I'm going to use it like kind of a colloquial kind of way of speaking. If God says, I'm not going to tell you this, but trust me, there's precedent within my life that I can trust him. It's not just a random guy coming from the street, you know, saying, hey, I got a really good deal. Just trust me. I'm not going to show you how it works. No, the foundation of my worldview is not dependent upon if I can explain the metaphysical way in which God conveys certain truths, you know, how that works. We know we have general revelation, we have scripture, we have the the, the utilization of logic and things like that where we can gain knowledge. That that you're relying on you're relying on that to be the difference between me and you and you being able to answer things in a definitive way. I could answer things in a definitive way. My argument is you can't answer anything in a definitive way given your view of right. logic. Right. And when I asked you to explain it, you said mysterious ways. I It's not given to me, but it's totes true. Basically what I'm saying, if you're going to do an internal critique and to show that something's logically incoherent, you didn't show that there's a logical incoherency. My inability to explain, say, 
the metaphysics of the Trinity on every detail, it doesn't prove that it's contradictory. You're making the claim that it's contradictory. Demonstrate that it's contradictory. And if you're going to pick it, defies the laws of logic. Show me how does it how does it defy the law of logic? Okay, can you have three beings in one that are distinct and separate from each other? That I that absolutely goes against the law of non-contradiction. It absolutely goes against the law of identity. Um, So, yes, it goes against the laws. No, because you just incorrectly defined the Trinity. Okay, if you're going to say husband, father... It's not what I'm going to say either. Okay, what? (laughs) You said said three beings. You said three beings. That's polytheism. We don't believe that God is three beings. We believe that God is one being who exists as three persons, and we make a distinction between being and personhood. This is the traditional understanding when we when we understand the Trinity, uh, we have these distinctions that are very important. Some people will say in popular sense, God is one what and three who's. He's one being with three centers of consciousness. Each center of consciousness has the characteristics of personhood. That's not a con- that's not a contradictory statement because I'm not saying three beings and 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 three persons or whatever. It just, it just means that you're not a Trinitarian. I am a Trinitarian. No, you're not. You just said that you have one being with three persons. That one being. That is the Trinity. Eric, that is the. Eric, this at this point, at this point, Eric, and I and I and and I'm sure if I've misunderstood you, then yes, you can say the same thing to me. Hey, here's my view. Look into this and get a grip on it. Maybe we can come back and talk about it. That's fine. But the way you've just expressed the Trinity. You don't know what the Trinity is. This is the orthodox view of the Trinity, that God is one being who exists as three persons. That's the orthodox doctrine of the Trinity. I'm not a oneness Pentecostal where we hold to some form of modalism that God is uh, one being and three manifestations, kind of like a, a father and a son. And a, That's not what I'm saying. That Those are heretical views that Christianity rejects. We never say that God is three beings. That's polytheism. He's one being, but he is tripersonal. And we make a distinction between being and person. So just as a point of correction, that's what the Trinity is. That's the ortho, That's not a weird view. That's the orthodox view of the Trinity. No, I, I, I understand that. Okay. I, was, I was raised a Christian. I, I, I get it. Sure. Um, can you give me an example of something else that has multiple persons? I can't because God is unique in that way. Okay. So how is that different from special pleading? It's not special pleading because there's nothing that is violated in the laws of logic to say that there is one being – that exists as three persons. That show me how that violates logical laws. I'm not saying God is three beings and one being. That's a logical contradiction. Then, then, then show me what's different between a being and a person. I'm sorry. Then I'm, I'm then I'm not understanding what's different. Yeah. Well, when we explain the Trinity, when we talk about the being of God, we're talking about the whatness of God. He is what is God? Well, he's a being. The nature of his being is that he has three centers of consciousness. How do I know this? Well, if the Bible's true, this is revealed to us in Scripture. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to know about it. How do we know this is revealed in Scripture? Well, if you grant, if, right, you grant Scripture, it clearly teaches that there is only one God, right? Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Yet there are three persons who are called God. The Father is called God in, in various places. The Son is called God. Jesus claimed deity for himself. And the Holy Spirit is called God. How do we know there are three persons? Well, the Father gives personal attributes. You know, He speaks and is described as a person. 
the, the Son is described as a person. The Holy Spirit is attributed in Scripture having personal attributes. And so when we take the idea that there is one God, but then we see how he's revealed himself in these three persons, that is how the Trinity is derived. We derive that from a systematic approach of looking at all of what Scripture has said and what God has said about himself. And we come up later on with some of these philosophical terms to couch these biblical principles. And so that's how we derive the doctrine of the Trinity. I... I I get that. Okay. I do. Um, that doesn't take away from saying this is a unique quality of a character. Okay. That I don't have anything but the claim of it existing to justify that it is a possibility. And therefore, it's correct. No, that's not what I said at all. I I, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I, I understand the history. I understand. No, I'm not going to go into the history. I understand. I'm with you on it. I, I got you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it's unjustified. No, what, what was the claim? What were you just trying to do a few minutes ago? You were trying to, correctly, by the way, I think I agree with this tactic you were using. You were trying to internally critique my worldview. And you were trying to show an article within my worldview to be logically inconsistent. What example did you use? Use the Trinity. And basically what – what used another example too. Um, basically what I was trying to show you is that it's not contradictory. And so you have an internal critique, and I've clarified my position showing that it's not a valid internal critique because it doesn't violate any logical laws. The fact that God is unique um, is not special pleading. If God is God, yeah, he's going to be unique in certain ways. There, there are certain attributes that he has that we don't. Within the Christian system, God is omniscient. I'm not. I'm rational, he's rational, but he's infinitely more rational than I am. In theology, we make a distinction between what we call the communicable attributes of God and the incommunicable attributes of God. Have you are you familiar with that with those ter with those terms? So so I'm 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 with you, and at the same time, I, I, I gotta ask you a question here. Sure. Um, Eli, what you said, and please correct me because sure, th this has happened more than once in this conversation. Okay. Where I brought up a problem, and your response was, "Well, you're bringing me your outside view, which no. has no justification nope. on talking about what my it, what, 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 my, what my view is." Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. You can't. You, so, so how am I? How, how am I messing this up here? Because I am critiquing a thing. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, but. You're invalidating it by saying that I'm critiquing it and I don't have your worldview, so it doesn't count. That's not what I said. Help me. Yeah. Then help yeah, me, yeah, yeah. What, I, what I'm saying is that I'm, I stand by this. You can't critique my worldview from your worldview, but what you were just doing a moment ago, you were correctly attempting to internally critique my worldview. You were hypothetically saying, okay, you guys got this idea of the Trinity. How is that not illogical? And so in my response, we'll say, well, show me how it violates the laws of logic. And then you responded with an incorrect definition, which violated the laws of logic. And I pointed pointed to you that that's not the definition. And so I gave you a definition which doesn't violate the law, laws of logic. And so that is a response, that is an adequate response to your attempt to correctly internally critique my worldview. I'm not saying, you know, you, you know, I'm not saying that you're not justified in trying to critique my perspective. And critique my perspective, but it needs to be internal critique. It can't be external critique. It, it just it, it's irrational for me to um, externally critique your worldview. If I want to know your worldview is is false, 
I want to grant the truth of it and see, okay, does this make sense? Because if, it, if it's logically incoherent, by definition, it's false. Um, but you already said that mysterious ways is an acceptable out. In the specific areas, sure. And that your worldview is unfalsifiable. Okay. So in doing so, it sounds like there's no point in the conversation because what, what it sounds like to me is, um, and, and by the conversation, I'm not talking about people learning about it. I'm sure, talking sure. about changing your mind at that moment, right? Uh, having you evaluate this. Um, if mysterious ways is acceptable and I can't be wrong mm-hmm. is where you're starting, then... Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, when you say, I mean, it seems like you have a problem with me saying I can't be wrong. If that's your problem, then you're basically just having a problem with a transcendental argument. Since what am I arguing? No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm having a problem with you and your argument. You're not, no, no, no. I'm using a transcendental argument. So you're not having a problem with, you're having a problem with transcendental argument. What am I, what is my argument? That the Christian worldview is the necessary precondition for, for knowledge. Now, you don't have to agree with that. But if that's my argument, then I'd be inconsistent if you were to ask me later and say, could you be wrong? And I say, well, yeah, I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. If I were to say that, I'd be inconsistent with the nature of my argument because I believe the okay. Christian system is the necessary precondition. Right. Can any Christians be wrong? I'm sorry? Can any Christians be wrong? About what? Anything. Of course, yeah. Give me a math test and I will fa- I'll show you my I'll show you my fallible nature very quickly. Okay. Right. Um, when I'm not claiming infallible knowledge in everything. That's not but just this. But yeah, there are certain things that we could know uh, when we argue transcendentally. We can know by the impossibility of the contrary. One of those things is is the is the universality and invariant nature of logic. I I, I believe I can know that with certainty, whereas you can't because they're convention. Well, again, I I'm going to refer back to Arthur Conan Doyle and say doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I I disagree with that analogy then. I don't think it, I don't think, and the whole thing with so, the Shire and all that. So, so if I say, um, I've eliminated all other possibilities, therefore what is left is true. You agree or disagree with No, I, I'm, I'm, I don't agree with the idea that logic is convention. I don't agree with that. And your example as missing the forest for the trees those are all just, um, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, they're creative ways no. to say, quite simply, it's convention. It's the language we use. I, 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 just, just for clarification, I would take you for a beer after this filming <laughs> if you were not on the East Coast. I, got, I took nothing that you said as pejorative. Sure. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. You can never tell these days. I mean, I've spoke to people okay. and so I, I just make these so, caveats because I don't know. Okay, okay. Eli, can we say something that we both agree on and, sure. and make it very clear to everyone watching, Christian and atheist alike, right? Help me if, if, if you agree with this. People deserve respect. Yeah. Ideas do not necessarily 
deserve respect. I agree. You disagree with somebody, and that doesn't mean that you are you are disparaging the person. Right. It means that you are talking about that idea. Cool. And I agree with that. The only reason why I say this is because I don't know you. So um, I've spoke to people, and people, you know, I've tried to be as nice as I possibly can, and I have people still say, "Oh, he's just this guy's an arrogant, you know, jerk." Uh, so I always caveat these things because I don't know who you are. So I'm just trying to be respectful. Uh, I, 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 Sure. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I think that it's an it's an uh, arrogant method, <laughs> but I don't think you're. Are you absolutely sure about that? <laughs> is that true? Is it absolutely true that it's <laughs> as much as either of us can be? Yes. As well, that runs into problem. I mean, I know you're just being we're just talking now, but if we were to if, we, if I were to be a stickler, I mean, again, everything you're saying, you're making knowledge claims. And so if they're not mm-hmm. if you could be wrong about them, then you don't really you don't really know them. So, well, that, that's if you're talking about capital T truth. Yeah. And I think that capital T truth belongs in definitional things. So if I define a thing to be true, then I can say that there's capital T truth there. Otherwise, you're left with um, with inductive reasoning. Um, and you can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. Uh, you you have your sense perceptions, right? You have your eyes, you have your ears, you have your body, you have your, you have your feelings about yourself. Uh, you could be wrong. Um, you can't get away from that. You can say something else exists outside of me, right? But to say that you can't be wrong would be to say that you are infallible. Well, no, right? I can't be wrong about certain things, not everything. Okay, so so you're saying that you have limited infallibility? I could know certain things for certain, yes. That are not just definitionally so. I, uh, well, it would depends. I'd have to, we'd have to give a couple of examples. For example, I believe that logic is universally binding and I think it, it, it's true by the impossibility of the contrary. I believe that I exist. If I deny my own existence, I have to exist in order to exist. So I know these things because they're true and they can't fail to be true. How do you know that? By the impossibility of the contrary, deny it and you affirm it. But you're just, all you're doing is saying, um, you can't describe. You can't give me an answer. Therefore, my answer is correct. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not what I did. <laughs> and and, and I, I literally explained to you. Possibility of the contrary. That is literally. I can write the words out and show you how that is exactly synonymous. The impossibility of the contrary is saying you can't answer it. Therefore, no. That's not what. It, therefore, wouldn't follow. What you're trying to say doesn't. Therefore, doesn't follow. For something to be uh, true by the impossibility of the contrary is to say that it's necessarily true. If you deny it, you affirm it. So you have two options. If, if you deny it, it, whatever that transcendental truth is, it's proven. If you affirm it, it's proven. So it's proven whether you affirm it or deny it. It's not saying I don't know and so, you know, so then my view is correct. It's true by the impossible. It can't fail to be true. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think that the laws of logic can be can be uh, falsified. Um, I, I I don't. I have no idea how that is. Possible. Well, I don't. I don't see how you could hold to that position if you think they're conventions. I, I don't. I don't see that how. Said, huh? That, that said, it does accurately describe the world that I live in. How do you know? And I can't see. You have to put it in the camera. Sorry. Sorry. Mouse. Okay. Right. Did I know that that mouse was going to drop? In as much as I can know anything, I know that 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 gravity exists now. It existed yesterday, 
and it will exist tomorrow in as much as I can know anything. And, and what can you know about anything? On your view, you could be wrong about everything you just said you, you, you could know. You're absolutely right. I can also be wrong about my bank account. That's right. That doesn't mean that I have to throw it out because I don't have capital T truth. You don't have to throw it out. What I'm saying is you're going to believe those things, but you have no justification for holding them to be true within your system. Now, from a, as a Christian perspective, I believe you think I, I believe you know things, things that you say, well, I don't know if I know them. I actually think there are certain things you can know, but not given your own worldview system. Your 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 worldview system cannot couch truth with a capital T. It just can't. So if you could be wrong about everything you think you know, it seems to follow that you, you don't know anything because you could be wrong. Well, so so um, I think that should be the approach that we all have to everything. I could be wrong. I'm going to make sure that I'm listening mm -hmm. and available to learn if I'm wrong so that I can correct. But wait, wait, wait. wait. Can I interrupt you? I do apologize. And if it's okay, if you want, if you want to finish, I don't want to interrupt it. So, 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 well, I, I want to point to something okay. that you said. Um, and so if you want to chime in, please do, because I'm going to point us in, in a direction that I think is a good place to, to finish. Sure, sure. Okay. Are you asking, you're letting me uh, respond real quick? Yeah, that way, that okay, way. okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, so, no, no, no worries. So you're saying that it it is uh this is the good approach that we affirm that we can't you know we can't know anything. In other words, not not you didn't say that. What word you said? You said we can't be certain about anything. And so we want to learn and we want to do this, that, and the other thing. Is it absolutely true that that's the appropriate approach? You couldn't even know that on your own your own system. Can't know and don't know for sure are very different. That's true. You're, you are conflating two very different things. A conflation is um, the, the, a sloppy way of saying it, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. Unless sure. Okay. I, I, well, I, I, I actually the thing is, is that's been brought to me. You can't know anything, therefore you don't have the right to open your mouth. No. That. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, right. Um, but uh, the 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 response to that I've I've given a couple of times. Um, and, and, and you've responded. We, we, we've gone around the bush a couple of times. Okay. Um, but there is something that you said that I feel is a dark underbelly to tag. Okay. Um, ooh, you're, that was a very rich phrase. It's like if you stop the video cut off right there, I'd be like, ooh, intriguing, a dark underbelly. What, what's going on there? Continued. All right, go ahead. All right. With that, we're going to move to the patron-only section <laughs> of the show. Um, <laughs> that would be terrible. No, no, no. I'm doing this because I'm supported by patrons, but not because I'm keeping the good stuff. Okay. Because um, it's not good stuff. The dark underbelly is that you, 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 you gave away the the, the part that I think probably is kind of damning. Okay. And that is, you're also presupposing that I use the Christian worldview as well. I just don't. I'm not admitting it, or I don't know that I'm using it. Well, um, I didn't say that blatantly, but I, I definitely do assume it because it's part of my system. And part of my system is that you are made in the image of God. And so you can't help but to use those categories. That's why I believe you do know things, even certain things you think you, you don't know. Um, but I didn't go that route because I know how these conversations go. And um, for Christians who might be watching, one of my favorite verses, the key Bible verse in, in Scripture when, in regards to apologetics is um, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you, yet doing so with gentleness and respect. 
in these kinds of conversations, when we use certain words, when we try to make certain points, some of those, the way we do that can kind of get us off on the wrong foot. And so there are certain things that I believe to be true, but I didn't use them outright just out of respect because out of the converse, these conversations go a certain way. I thought that by coming out and saying things right at the beginning, maybe that's not the best route. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things we were talking about and maybe we'll get there. But that is definitely true. Part of my system is, yeah, in a very profound way, all men know that God exists in a profound way. Um, I don't know how that works out in detail. I'm not saying it's a mystery. I'm just saying me personally, it's something that I have to look into some more. But just as a bare bones assertion as part of my system, as part of my system, yeah, God has made himself known such that men are without excuse. And um, when you deny him, I could argue, you need to use tools that he's given you in order to to even make your, your argument. I could have said at the beginning, but then I, I think that probably would have brought our conversation a completely different direction and it automatically puts the defenses up because some people hate that. You know, you know the God I'm talking. It's like, oh, how are I? I wanted to have a... Well, well I... So, so I, I've, I've talked to Christians like that for sure. Yeah. And I, I think it's incredibly condescending. And I think that the reason you didn't bring it up is because you don't want to be incredibly condescending. I think you as a person are someone I respect. Mm -hmm. And I will continue to respect after this conversation. Sure. But the view, the idea that you bring, or that you are bringing forth is incredibly condescending. Because what it says is... I'm true. There's no way I can be false. And you know I'm right because you think it's true too. You're just denying. Yeah, it's more complicated than it's more complicated than that. Um, sure. If you're really interested in in a detailed analysis of this, and again, even yeah, right. listing the title, it's condescending. Yeah, I, 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 are, are you going to talk about Bonson? Okay, you're familiar with his his doctoral dissertation. Absolutely. Okay, good. So he goes into some detail to how that all works out. I, would, I wouldn't do this without it, I promise. Oh, that's fine. Um, so there's more There's more to that. Um, and sometimes, even for myself, it's hard to kind of tease that out. But, um, I mean, it goes it goes both ways. If, if what I'm saying is true as a Christian, it's condescending for a creature to deny his maker. But that's not an argument. That's not my argument. I'm not going to make that argument. Oh, it's so condescending. Listen, we have different worldview perspectives. We're going to look at the other worldview perspective in some way like, well, you know, that's kind of presumptuous of you to say that. Well, we're trying our best to be consistent with our worldviews. Within my worldview perspective, yeah, man is without excuse. Um, within your worldview perspective, you don't think that's true. And so that's why we're having this conversation and we're trying to go back and forth and pick these things uh, you know, apart and kind of explain them. And I think that's, um, from within the Christian worldview perspective, that's encouraged. We're, I'm encouraged to speak with people with whom I disagree and to to speak what the Bible says, speak the truth in love. You know, I know that sounds cheesy, but I love you as a human being. I believe you're made in the image of God. It's the Great Commission. I'm sorry? I, 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 it's the Great Commission. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, remember, I was a Christian. <laughs> but I never pre—I'm I'm a presuppositionalist, but I never presupposed that people who used to be a Christian know a lot of some of the details and the ins and outs. You have oh, different people who— I, I read so much more on the way out. It's amazing. Okay. Because they said, Eric, you, you, did, you obviously didn't read the Bible. And the thing is, is I've done tons of Bible studies sure. you know, growing up. I did, I did youth group. I did all of that stuff. I, I even taught in VBS and, and things like that. Um, but— I, I was like, did I read the whole thing cover to cover? And, mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, I, I, I went and got the King James version and I read King James 
And they're like, okay, did you read it? Yes. And I started talking. They're like, wait, I think that, did you read the King James Version? I was like, yeah. They said, you can't read the King James Version. You have to read NIV. Okay. So I went and got NIV. Well, don't do the NIV. You need to do the, 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 the ESV. Yeah, everyone knows that the NIV is the not inspired version. That's that's what it is. So <laughs> yeah, totally. God is making this real easy for me, man. <laughs> so you you knew exactly where I was going. Sure. Um, and and really, what it was doing is it was finding ways to write me off without talking to me. Um, because I mean, if 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 doctrinal issues and and um, I think that there are other arguments to be made mm-hmm. that we don't have time for tonight. Uh, but you're a compassionate guy. Mm-hmm. You're empathetic. You're calm. And you've been kind, even when I yelled at you. And no, that was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and I appreciate that. And because of that, I would love to talk to you about other things other than tag, because... Mm-hmm. We, we ran around on this circuit for a long time. Sure. And um, I'm sure that you are a multidimensional human. Um, that said, I know working with you and talking to you before this, uh, you have, I, I saw your Facebook, you have a lovely family. Thank you. Um, you are you are active in your community. And um, cheers to that, man. Um, I can disagree oh, with you. come on, Eric. My head's not going to be able to fit in the... <laughs> nah, you're fine. I, I can disagree with you, 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 uh, you know, on premise, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to disparage your character in that way. Um, okay. I think that the viewpoint that you've given does, by its own nature, disparage. Um, but you haven't demonstrated that. <laughs> well, I... Because you could be wrong. Agree, you could be wrong. Well, I could be wrong. That doesn't mean that I don't have enough to move forward on a thing. Well, not it does mean you don't have enough to move forward in arguing for your your conclusion because your conclusion you could be wrong. Yeah, so could you? No, because I'm not stuck in the same epistemological. What I was arguing was I'm not stuck in the same epistemological boat that that you're in because my broader worldview system can account for sensation, induction, and all these other things we haven't we haven't discussed. But again, I don't want to. We can get into those, but I didn't want to. Because you're right. Because you're right. Because you're right. If that's the way you see it, that, that's that's that. You, you, what what that says, and by the by the way, before I say this, th- thank you very much for that. And I and I, um, I do strive to be respectful uh, because one of the things that have gotten me very upset as a presuppositionalist is that presuppositionalists will tout the Bible as their ultimate standard. And the Bible this, and the Bible that, and the Bible's true, and the impossibility of the contrary, and by what standard, yet the manner in which they conduct themselves is itself unbiblical. They will do it in a spirit of um, argumentation in a negative sort of kind of in kind of way, speaking in condescending fashion, being insulting and things like that. It's very, it's very possible to defend the Bible unbiblically. And I think a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of presuppositionalists that I've that I've known about and listened to have done that. And so I apologize if I ever come across that way. Um, that's not something that's inherent to the system. That is um, people who need to really get back to what the scriptures teach in regards to how they should be conducting themselves. So just want to throw that out there. Uh, 
Ab- absolutely. Um, I, I'm just having a mental image of getting you and Darth Dawkins together. <laughs> chat and talking while you're talking you know just 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 enjoying that um but uh the fact is we're platforming each other Mm -hmm. we are um they you know um william lane craig uh is not going to live forever Uh, other apologists are going to be needed um this this conversation will continue Mm. the fact is if I'm going to have a platform, I'd like to use it to at least encourage non-assholes <laughs> because um, I want people to make their minds up based on the content and quality of our argument and not on, well, that guy just seemed like a jerk. Mm. So with that, Eli, do you have anything else that you want to say before I let you go? Um, and and I, I do have more coming up for everybody else, so do not click away because I've got more. But uh, <laughs> sure. Just uh, just real quick reminder. Anyone could find me on Facebook. Uh, it'd be really helpful if people subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel. I know if, even if you disagree with me, I'm sure I'll say something that might be helpful to push the conversation forward. And um, and just as kind of a cherry on top, I, I do appreciate uh, this conversation. You, too, have been very respectful, and I really do appreciate that. And it's really interesting and fascinating to hear a little bit about uh, your background and things like that and knowing that you came from, you know, from a church and things like that from a, from that perspective, it's very helpful to kind of personalize you, you know, you're not just a face on a screen. It kind of gives me a little bit of insight into some of the things that you've gone through. So, um, my prayer for you, and I know people will probably say this all the time is that you, uh, that you come back to the truth, you know, by God's grace. Uh, I, we don't have to debate that issue, but I, I do, I do, um, I, I do hope that through these conversations and, and what appears to be just a, a genuine desire to find the truth, I, I do pray that, that you do find it. So um, those are just my, my last words. I do appreciate this conversation, man. If I, if I get there, I will have gotten there, honestly. Mm. And if I didn't get there, then it's because you got to put me there. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, man. Uh, it was good talking to you. All right. Same here, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. Uh, if you have any questions um, that you would like me to cover in a podcast episode, uh, please email them to me to revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Also, we very much um, appreciate your prayers. And if you wish to support Revealed Apologetics financially, Uh, You can, by doing so, um, we have a a PayPal account set up. Uh, You can um, uh, help us out financially um, at paypal.me slash revealedapologetics, paypal.me slash revealedapologetics, and that would be uh, greatly appreciated if if you were able to help out financially. If not, um, we we definitely would appreciate uh, prayer. Um, and, um, once again, if, if you have any questions uh, that you'd like me to cover, revealed apologetics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless.